In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has sent His Holy Spirit to make us His Catholic Church. To assure us that we have this togetherness as the communion of his saints. To give us the forgiveness of our sins. And today especially that he has given us a hope in the resurrection of the body. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I had a conversation a few years back. I was uh, along with a guy from that other college town here in Florida... Their campus ministry is at First Lutheran um, in, in that city, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. His name was, was Pastor Daniel Prue. Uh, because of that, we called him PDP, and uh, we, we were all together at one of these uh, Lutheran student fellowship gatherings, our, our regional retreat that we do about once a semester if we can get it together and there's no hurricanes. And so we were together with a whole bunch of, of different people from, from different campus ministries, and we started talking, and we started talking about different stuff, and we ended up talking about some theological stuff, and one of the story, the, one of the things that we started talking about was the resurrection. And I had just recently gotten married, so this was a little while back. I had just recently gotten married, and, and so that kind of figured into our topic of conversation and we started talking about like well do you believe that you'll be married when you're in heaven and when you get into the resurrection or do you believe that you won't be and there are actually you know sort of differing opinions on this in the in theology land there's all sorts of um you know kind of differing ideas on whether uh, you know if you're married if you will continue to be married or if you're married in this world if that just ceases to be the case but that's okay and and before i actually got to answer that question pdp beat me to the punch and he actually answered the question better than what i ever could and he answered the question with another question, just like a good Jewish rabbi. <laughs> and PDP answered the question like this. He said, are you afraid that you're going to be disappointed? Because in a lot of ways, that's the question that we're asking so much of the time when we ask questions about what heaven is going to be like or, you know, what the resurrection is going to be like. What we're really asking is, hey, can you tell me that I'm not going to be disappointed? And that disappointment is going to be around this. You know, that disappointment is going to be around, hey, will my cat be in heaven with me? And what you're really asking there is that, what you're saying is that an afterlife without my cat is going to be disappointing. And I don't want to be in an afterlife that is disappointing. And, you know, you're almost setting yourself up for the next part of that, which is, well, if my cat's not going to be in heaven, well, send me to hell. Right? wrong but you can see the logical progression there you can see how that can can begin to kind of eat away at you and maybe it's not about your cat being in heaven maybe it's about your husband or your wife being in heaven maybe it's about some particular thing being in heaven you know maybe if there's no ice cream in heaven and what it comes down to there is really your definition of heaven 
Your definition of heaven being heaven cannot be a place that doesn't have ice cream. Because if it doesn't have ice cream, it's not heaven. I just can't put those two things together. Well, that sort of sense of disappointment is rife throughout all of our readings today. Today we are ending a big season of the church. We're ending the season lovingly around here called Big Green. Big Green is ending this Sunday. Next Sunday, we are ending the entire church year with Christ the King, which is a white Sunday. And so today is the last day until Epiphany that you will see our green pyramids up. And at the end of the church year, at the end of Big Green, and especially on Christ the King Sunday, we, we turn our faces to the afterlife. We turn our faces to the idea that Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to bring with him the resurrection of the body. Now, there's sort of a double entendre there, because he's talking about the resurrection of your body and of my body. And so he's talking about that when he comes back, that there will be this spiritual and physical combination of heaven and earth. If you don't believe me, read the book of Revelation. That that is what is happening at the end of the world. That heaven and earth are coming together. And ooh, ooh, heaven is all of a sudden a place on earth, just like the Belinda Carlisle song. And that when that comes, that heaven, where our soul is if we die before Jesus comes back, and earth, where our body is if we die before Jesus comes back, all of a sudden are together. And because they're together, you get a body. Which is awesome. No matter how how badly your body feels right now. Because one of the guarantees is that your body isn't going to feel bad in the resurrection. In fact, several people have even said that when your body is resurrected, you are resurrected at age 33. (laughs) The reason for that being that that is the age that Jesus was when he was resurrected. And so the idea is that your body is combined with your spirit, with your soul, and it is combined with Jesus and his story and who he is. And so it's not just your body that's being resurrected, but it's his body that's being resurrected. And we've been talking about this all year, how we are his body. And so when we confess that we believe in the resurrection of the body, we're saying, I believe in the resurrection of the body. But we're also saying, I believe in the resurrection of the body. That the people who believe in Jesus Christ, just as Daniel says, are going to raise up out of their tombs and have bodies. Because I don't know about you, but one of those sort of things that is on my list of stuff that would maybe be disappointing (laughs) is being a ghost for eternity. Not having a body, and, and that's, on, that's one of my things because I know that I can look to Scripture and I can say, hey, it's pretty clear in Scripture, I get a body. Ice cream, who knows? But I get a body. 
And not only do I get a body, but I get a body. I get a bunch of people to be in the resurrection with me. A bunch of people who are shaped and formed by Jesus Christ. A bunch of people who are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. A bunch of people who were made by God the Father in a beautiful and wonderful way that will reach its apex in the resurrection. And yet, we are afraid that we're going to be disappointed. That's kind of what goes into this story at the gospel level, right? When we're reading the gospel story, you have that, that first little part where Jesus all of a sudden is just like an extreme bummer. He's that way in Mark a lot. And so they're walking out, and the disciples see the temple, and they're gazing upon the temple in all of its beauty. And they say, hey, Jesus, let's just stop a moment. Let's look at the temple. Isn't it pretty? And bummer Jesus comes in. And he says, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's real, real nice. You know what? In just a little while, not one of those stones will be left on another. Which is big news because those were big stones. And so if the temple was going to fall, it was going to be a big, big deal. It was going to be a catastrophic event. And Jesus says, that thing is coming down. To which the disciples, I'm sure, are like, uh, okay, Jesus. Because afterwards, they they sort of corral him. And they're like, oh yeah, that's great, Jesus. We'll talk about this later. They corral him and they're like, okay, tell us when this is going to be. Tell us how this is going to happen. What is going on here, Jesus? And and Jesus doesn't really even answer their question, does he? He doesn't say, oh yeah, it'll be, you know, 14 Tuesdays from now. Instead, what he says is, you know, watch out. There's going to be stuff that happens. And not all the stuff that happens is going to be stuff that you're really going to be super wowed about. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be led to give testimony in front of kings and rulers. You're going to be placed in situations that... It's an underestimation to say are disappointing for you. And we know what that's like. Because we live on this side of the resurrection. Because we live with people that are sinful and wicked. Because we live with the effects of our own sins and the sins of other people. We know what it's like to be disappointed. We know what it's like to have people not follow through on their promises. We know how much that can hurt sometimes. And that's why we're afraid of being disappointed. Because we're afraid of something that is very real to us. And the thing that doesn't seem quite real to us is a world in which that's not going to be the case. I mean, it takes some real imagination on our part to conceive of a resurrection in which there is no disappointment. 
Because we live with disappointment like it is air. We breathe disappointment. And so to have the air sucked out of the room and to not have disappointment to breathe anymore seems like it's totally foreign. It seems like it's totally weird. How am I going to live in that world? And we know from this side of the world that when we don't know how to live, that, well, that's oftentimes the very place where we feel the most disappointment. And so we look towards the end of our life, and we go, I'm not sure I want to go there. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I want to die. Because there's a chance. I, I can't see through the end of that. And there's a chance that I will be disappointed. And I don't want to be disappointed, especially with th- something as important as the resurrection of the body. I don't want to be disappointed by getting to the throne of God and all of a sudden finding out that it wasn't about believing what I believe, but it was about believing what other people believe. That I don't want to get to the throne of God and all of a sudden find out that, well, I'm a Lutheran and it was about works. I don't want to get to the throne of God and all of a sudden find out that heaven is something less than what I could as a feeble, mortal human being imagine heaven could be. And so we start to ask these questions. God, what's the resurrection going to be like? What's heaven going to be like? Is there going to be ice cream? Is there going to be my dog? Am I going to have my wife or my husband? Am I going to have whatever it is that you feel would make heaven? And just like Jesus with his disciples, God doesn't give you an answer. And yeah, it's frustrating. But I think the reason that he doesn't give you an answer of what heaven is going to be like is that it would blow your mind. You would not be able to comprehend it. It's going to be so good. You are not going to be disappointed. Whatever the resurrection is, you are not going to be disappointed. When you rise and have a body, you are not going to be disappointed with your body. When you rise and you are with the body of people that are there, you are not going to be disappointed with the people that are there. Because you are not going to be disappointed. And you will look back at this age and you will say, that was the age of my disappointment. That was the age when I even knew what disappointment was. And you'll be able to look back on that time as you look on an old wound and say, yeah, it hurt, but it's over. Yeah, I've got the scar, but it's healed. Because we will be together, resurrected, as a body, and not disappointed because of what Jesus did for us.
that he wiped away the sin that is the cause of each and every one of our disappointments, that he wiped away my sin that is the cause of each and every one of my disappointments, that he wiped away my sin that is the cause of some of your disappointments, that he wiped away your sin that is a cause for your disappointment, and he wiped away your sin, which is the cause for other people being disappointed, that all of our disappointments are going to be washed away with all of our sins, and we are going to be resurrected. And it will be a glorious day. So now, this week, may you walk out into this world with a new confidence, knowing that while this week you may encounter disappointments because of your sin or because of the sins of others, that there will come a day that you are not disappointed. And may you walk through this week in eager expectation of that day's arrival because it's been promised to you by the king who wiped away all disappointments by the cross. Amen.